You will never use that number again or even remember that you saw such a number. In fact, this entire visit is classified and everything about it, right? Pearson nodded miserably. Lassiter felt only contempt for him now. He had not fought hard enough for anything else. So you just tell her no dice on a leave of absence. You have about an hour before she'll get here. You'll think of a dozen good reasons why your department can't do without her services. He picked up his coat and hat from the chair where he had tossed them and left without looking back. Lyle Taney would never know what happened, he thought with satisfaction, pausing at the stairs of the history department building to put his coat on. He went to the student union and had a malted milkshake, picked up a poetry review magazine, bought a pen, and then went to his car and waited. Most of the poetry was junk, but some of it was pretty good, better than he had expected. He reread one of the short pieces. Nice. Then he saw her getting out of her car. Lyle Taney was medium height, a bit heavy for his taste. He liked willowy women, and she was curvy and dimply. Ten pounds, he estimated. She could lose ten pounds before she would start to look gaunt enough to suit him. He liked sharp cheekbones and the plane of a cheek without a suggestion of roundness. Her hair was short and almost frizzy it was so curly, dark brown with just a suggestion of gray, as if she had frosted it without enough bleach to do a thorough job. He knew so much about her that it would have given her a shock to realize anyone had recorded such information and that it could be retrieved. He knew her scars, her past illnesses, her college records, her income and expenses. She was bouncy. He grinned at her tripping nimbly through the slush at the curb before the building. That was nice. Not too many women were still bouncy at her age. Thirty-seven years, four months, sixteen days. She vanished inside the building. He glanced at his watch and made a bet with himself. Eighteen minutes. It would take eighteen minutes. Actually, it took twenty-two. When she reappeared, the bounce was gone. She marched down the stairs, looking straight ahead, plowed through the slush, crossed the street without checking for traffic, daring anyone to touch her. She got to her car and yanked the door open, slid in, and drove off too fast. He liked all that. No tears, no sentimental look around at the landscape, just good old-fashioned determination. Hugh Lassiter liked to know everything about the people he used. This was data about Lyle Taney that no one would have been able to tell him. He felt that he knew her a little better now than he had that morning. He was whistling tunelessly as he turned his key, started the rented car, and left the university grounds. She would do, he told himself contentedly. She would do just fine. Lyle put on coffee and paste while she waited for it. On the table her book looked fragile suddenly, too nebulous to support her entire weight, and that was what it had to do. The book had a flying hawk on the cover. Sunlight made the rufous tail look almost scarlet. The book was about hawks, about the word hawk, about hawk-like people. It was not natural history or ornithology or anything in particular, but it had caught on, and last week it had made the best-seller lists. A fluke, of course. Such a long shot it could never happen again. She was not a writer, and she really knew nothing about birds in general and hawks in particular except what she had researched and observed over the five years it had taken her to do the book. The book was so far removed from her own field of history that it was not even counted as a publication by her department. 
her former department, she corrected herself, and poured coffee, then sat down at the table with it and stared at the book, and went over the luncheon one more time. Bobby Conyers, her editor for the Hawk book, and Mal Levinson from the magazine Birds, had insisted that a follow-up book on eagles would be equally successful. "'Consider it, Lyle,' Mal had said earnestly, on first-name basis instantly. "'We want the article. I know ten thousand isn't a fortune, but we'll pick up your expenses and it'll add up. And Bobby can guarantee fifteen thousand up front for the book. Don't say no before you think about it.' "'But I don't know anything at all about eagles. Nothing. And Oregon? Why there? There are eagles in other places, surely.' Mal pointed to the clipping he had brought with him, a letter to the editor of a rival magazine. It mentioned the bald eagles seen along a stretch of Oregon beach for two years in a row, suggesting they were nesting in the vicinity.